I usually teach in series, and I didn't mean to get into this one, but God spoke to me about this year, so I wanted to share a few things. I usually think it'll take a Sunday, and it usually takes several, so seems to be following that same vein. So I'm talking about four directives for 2021. We got through uh, point one last week. So if you weren't here last week, go check that out. The MP3, MP4 video audios on the website along with the notes. And the notes, I've changed them a little bit, but we're going to go point by point, see how far we get today. I also want to mention that uh, I have podcasts available Monday through Friday, so I spent a lot of time preparing for that. And uh, uh, they're generally 15 to 18 minutes or so. You can on your commute into work or whatever, start your day, you know, getting ready, whatever, brushing your teeth, <laughs> click on the podcast, uh, Podbean, Spotify, Apple products, they're, they're on that. And uh, also, you can find them on our Facebook, on our website. Uh, and I think also on my, uh, on my blog, MitchHorton.com, I write a blog every day. So I just want to touch you every day. That's the goal. That's my heart as a pastor. So take, take advantage of those things. I think it'll enrich you spiritually. So we've been talking about four directives for 2021. If you're not aware, it seems as though we're right in the, right in the elementary stages of the return of Christ. And the return of Christ is not an, a singular event. It's a series of events joined together, including uh, the rise of the Antichrist, the rapture of the church, the day of the Lord, uh, serious persecutions, uh, the great tribulation, all that. All of it encompasses all that. It culminates in the, in the second coming of Christ and the establishment of his kingdom on earth. Are you excited about that or not? So, you know, this has all been... You know, just Bible teaching, but now it looks like we're beginning to flesh it out, and it seems as though the world is entering into a pattern, if you understand what the Bible says about what the world would look like before Jesus comes back. It looks like we're entering into that time. It's really crazy. The Middle East, I just read an article yesterday where um, uh, there are folk that are going to the uh, people on the Temple Mount there in Jerusalem, and they are uh, they're saying, we want to build a Jewish temple. And they're seeking to get permission now. And uh, the article was a bit vague. I'll do some more reading and research. But it looks like they're really close to building uh, a, another Jewish temple. Isn't that crazy? You say, why is that important? Well, uh, the Antichrist is going to enter that rebuilt temple about three and a half years into his revelation and, uh, and, and desecrate it. And uh, so anyway, it's all part of that scheme. So it's crazy. If you're not right with God, it'd be a good thing to get right with God now. i just tell you right now. If you're watching online, you don't know Jesus, you just happen by us, listen. He is the way, the truth, which is, which is uh, pretty scarce these days. And he is the life. So uh, he can help you. I've been talking about these four things God gave me last week. I made the first point. You can weather any storm or test when you align your thoughts, values, and lifestyle with God and his kingdom. How many believe that? So instead of uh, emphasizing um, uh, politics, emphasizing race, emphasizing this, that, or the other, we need to be, as believers, emphasizing the kingdom of God in our life. Yes or no? So, so don't, don't, I mean, if you pattern yourself after anything else, you're going to get really disillusioned, be left high and dry and left wanting. So my encouragement, let's, let's promote the kingdom of God. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. We mentioned all this last week. I don't have time to go through it again, but the kingdom of God, as it grows and expands, it, that, that expansion causes conflict. Because the enemy of our souls rises up and he tries to keep it from working out. That is, tries to keep the kingdom of God from working out in the earth. How many hear me? 
And so you got to choose. You know, if you want to be part of the kingdom of God, most important thing you do is get the word inside of you. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, he said a couple of guys built houses. One built a house on sand, another house, another built his house on bedrock. And, uh, and storms came. The same storms came, wind blew, floods came. The same storm, the same wind, the fl- same flood was experienced by both house builders but the one whose house stayed up and erect and wasn't moved by the circumstances that came its way, i.e. the storm, well, uh, that one stood because it was founded on a rock. And Jesus said, if you'll build your life on the Word, regardless of what things look like or how things seem to be or what happens, regardless of the storm, the wind, the flood, the rain, you're going to make it. Is that good news? So we emphasized the kingdom of God really strong last week. I mean, really strong. Go back and listen to it. Number two, boy, you ready for this? Are you really ready for this? Number two, this year. Can I say this? You're going to have to choose whether whether you're going to stay home or you're going to come and help us promote the kingdom of God and train new Christ followers. I thought it'd go over big. There is a ploy. There's something going on underneath the surface here. And if you're a wise believer, you'll see through the ruse that the enemy is seeking to use to keep us apart, keep us separated. Because if we separate, we'll stagnate. It's never the will of God that we lose our fire and that we lose our passion. You get off by yourself, you'll lose a lot of things. How many hear me? Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And then he said, let us not neglect our meeting together. Could y'all say that with me out loud? Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now think about, think about the early church. Think about, think about the Roman Empire. Um, you know, rumors were being spread about the church that they were having love feasts. They would have communion. And the Romans began to spread rumors that these people are having orgies at home with these love feasts. I'm not kidding. And, they, and so believers were beginning to be persecuted also because they wouldn't bow and give allegiance to the Roman Empire. They were seriously, seriously persecuted. When the persecution started, particularly when Jesus was arrested right there in the Garden of Gethsemane and then went through his passion and of course, you know, died and was resurrected. And then, you know, they even, they, they even uh, you know, they, they just sent out misinformation that he really wasn't resurrected, that really somebody stole his body and they're just saying he was resurrected. So I, I don't know if you realize that was going on in the early church right after the ascension. You get that? So the tendency was to stay home. Because if you're at home, no Roman's going to bother you. Nobody's going to question you. Are you a Christ follower? Are you a Christian? You've been with Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. Did, did you mess with him? Did you listen to his teaching? Nobody asked you questions. So just stay your butt at home. Because if you're at home, you're safe. And so the writer of Hebrews could be Apostle Paul. He said, hey, don't neglect meeting together as the manner of some. Some stayed home because they were afraid. Hebrews 10, this is uh, the Passion Translation. Discover creative ways to discourage others 
and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time, now he says it this way, to pull away and neglect meeting together. Y'all, we have pulled away. Thank God for our small groups, right? This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. In God's word translation, it literally is God's word translation. It's an odd name. We must also consider how to encourage each other to show love and do good things. We should not stop gathering together with other believers as some of you are doing. Instead, we must continue to encourage each other even more as we see the day of the Lord coming. Wow, is that strong? Y'all, I just got to talk about this. So, you know, then, then there are those today. Who say, well, the, the, the government has said stay home. Don't congregate in large crowds over whatever, and that number changes regularly according to the month and the week. I'm going to be honest. And then there are those that say, well, because the government says such and such, if I'm a good Christian, I'm going to obey the government. Listen to me. If the early church had that kind of attitude, you would not be here today and the kingdom of God would not have expanded. You know, I'm a pastor, I have a pastor's heart and I love people. But I have to say these things. About half of us are not yet back. And I realize you're watching online. Hear me out. Don't turn me off. Hear me out. I love it. I love the ones here. I love the ones that aren't yet back. How many get it? I got to say these things. So do we obey God when the government says no to what God says we should do? Question. Do we obey God or do we obey government? Now see, as we get closer to Jesus' return, these questions will become more and more, more uh, important. And challenging. No, I'm serious. Acts 4. Just listen to this. Acts 4. Here, uh, Peter and John, had uh, God had used them for a man to be healed who was at one of the gates of the temple. He had been crippled all his life. Everybody in the city probably had gone by him at some point or the other. And, uh, and Peter just looked at him and said, I don't have any. The guy was asking for money, you know. Had a little cup in his hand, money, money. Reminds me of what I was in Russia. There's an old elderly 90-year-old with a shaky hand with a cup. please, please. I threw some money in the cup. And the guy beside me, the missionary I was with, said, I hope you enjoyed supporting the mafia today. After I got over wanting to slap him. <laughs> yeah. So here's the man, but this man was probably serious. He just needed to make a living, so he was at the gate of the temple. Begging alms, it says. Looked at Peter, said, give me some money. Peter said, I don't have any. I'll give you what I got in the name of Jesus. Get up. And he got up. His feet and ankle bones, the Bible says, were strengthened. He got up, probably shaking to start with. And in his shaky little way, got to moving around. And everybody saw it. And it stirred up everybody. The Roman authorities saw it. 
They came to Peter and John and said, man, dudes, I don't know what you're doing. You're stirring up Jerusalem here. You need to cut, it. You need to cut this business out. What are you doing? Well, we're preaching in the name of Jesus. They say, well, you don't want to be preaching in the name of Jesus. And then uh, Acts 4.16, what should we do with these men? They ask each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign. Everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in the name of Jesus again. So they called the apostles back and commanded them to never again speak or teach in the name of Jesus. So what if somebody comes to you and says, you're not going to have church. Don't you be preaching in it. Don't you be preaching that word in your church. Am I supposed to say, whatever you say. What did they say? Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. You know what they said? It's in me. And I can't help but talk about it. Right? And then Acts chapter 5, this thing just kept going. They had a big prayer meeting after uh, Acts chapter 4 of what we just read here. They had a big prayer meeting. The prayer meeting was so strong, the building shook. And the power of God just seemed to increase in, in the believers there because of the unity they enjoyed. And then, you know, Ananias and Sapphira come along and lied about some land that they sold. It was no problem selling the land they had. It was no problem, but they lied and said, I sold it for this amount, a lower amount, instead of this amount. And they said, well, actually, we're giving all of the proceeds to the church. They didn't give all of the proceeds to the church. They kept a portion for themselves. But they said they gave it all away. And God says that is lying. And Peter came up to him, and, and the husband fell down. Well, our wife came in later. She fell down. Both of them died. You see, here's the issue. When the power of God increases in the church, that power roots out evil. And I hear God saying, clean her up. And, he's, and then we're in the time period right now. The presence is going to become so strong. Like I said before, when I first came to Jesus in the mid-70s, it was the height of what the world called the charismatic movement. The Holy Spirit was manifesting in denominational churches by score. And we would have services, and, uh, and I, can still, I can still hear it. We're singing, we're worshiping, and people come in. I mean, y- y'all, I mean, listen, I was strung out on drugs before I came to Jesus, and then my friends were. But people would come in from the world just messed up get in our meetings, we just start, we didn't do anything, we're just innocuous, we're just worshiping, just worshiping. And, and while we're singing, people would shriek. I mean, yeah, if I, if, I, if I sounded like they did, you think I'm a nut. They shrieked out loud, yeah! And then the ushers would take them out on the front porch of the church, and you could hear in between the lulls of the songs, come out, come out. Demon spirits came out. Our world doesn't even believe in the devil. That's why people are so bound. How many hear me? You hear me? So anyway, and then uh, Peter's shadow healed people as it just fell on them by the street. And then there was such a rousing crowd because of what God was doing in the church. Acts chapter 5, verse 27. Then they brought the apostles before the high council. Where the high priest confronted them, we gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name, he said. 
Instead, you filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him, and, and you want to make us responsible for his death. Who do you think you are? Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. I mean, insult to injury. Are you kidding? He just, he just kept tightening the screws. Wow. You killed him, he said. After you killed him by hanging him on a cross, then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. He did this so the people of Israel would repent of their sins, be forgiven. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Excuse me, he was given by God to those who obey him. When they heard this, the high council was, they didn't get happy and go, that's such a good message. They were furious and decided to kill them. These scumbags, let's show them who they really are. I mean, they were talking some trash now. And it says here, uh, when they heard this, uh, the high council was furious, decided to kill him. But one of the members of Pharisee named Gamaliel, who was an expert in religious law and respected all the people, stood up, ordered that the men be sent outside the council chambers for a while. Then he said to his colleagues, men of Israel, take care what you're planning to do to these men. Some time ago, there was a fellow, uh, Thetis, who pretended to be someone great. About 400 others joined him, but he was killed. His followers went various ways. The whole movement came to nothing. After him, at the time of the census, there was Judas of Galilee, not Judas Iscariot, another person. Judas of Galilee. He got uh, people to follow him, but he was killed too, and all his followers were scattered. So my advice is leave these men alone, let them go. If they are planning to do these things merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown. But if it is from God, you'll not be able to overthrow them. You may even find yourself fighting against God. The others accepted his advice. They called in the apostles and had them flogged, beaten. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. The apostles left the high council, not <laughs> left the high council saying, Where is God? Why did he let me be whipped? What am I doing meeting before the council? Why did these kind of things happen? I thought I was in the will of God. I thought Jesus is a good person. I thought he always was with me. That is not what they said. But that's what a 21st century believer would say in America. God, how could you let these kinds of things happen to me? I'm yours. I'm a child of yours. I go to church. I read your word. I pray. I seek God. I give. I help. I, what are you doing letting this happen to me? There is persecution in our future. Are you ready? Notice their response. The apostles left the high council rejoicing. <laughs> Philip's translation, James chapter 1. When all kinds of trials crowd into your lives, my brothers, don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. Realize they come to test your faith and produce in you quality of endurance. Then you will find that you have become men of, uh, uh, with the right kind of faith, with the right kind of independence. Is that good? It's real good. So again, they left the council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace 
for the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you for the beating. Thank you for the words, the derisive words from the authorities. Thank you. Thank you for having them point me out. Thank you that I'm honored to suffer shame for you. Thank you that I've been disdained by my culture. Thank you that my culture's thrown me aside. Lord, thank you. I honor you. I worship you. I rejoice in you. Would you do that? I mean, really, would you do that? It's quiet. Worthy to suffer shame for his name. Wow. Every day in the temple from house to house, did they stop what they were doing? Huh? And every day, not just one day a week, you know, peeking out the house, looking both ways, sneaking across the street. No, and every day, not quietly, they went back to the temple. We got something to say. Can we talk? I mean, the temple, the Jews were there saying that animal sacrifice is all the way, the truth alive. They said, uh-uh, Jesus is. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach the message, Jesus is the Messiah. Is that awesome? What would you do? What we did this last year says a lot about what we would do. Let it sink in, y'all. There is coming a revolution in the church of Jesus in America. God is coming for our faith. And if you have it, it's time to act on it. Because if you don't act on what you believe, you will lose what you believe. That's where we are. I feel it. The winds of change are blowing, my friends. Oh, it's been easy in America. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. I love Jesus. As long as everybody smile. When they stop smiling and call you names. Are you worthy? Are you willing to suffer shame? To be maligned, ostracized, set aside? That's when the power comes. When we refuse to compromise what we believe come what may. That's when God's power shows up. And until then we're living a life of compromise. And we're grieving the Spirit of God. I'm not going to ask you if you still love me. I love you. I just have to say these things. This last year, listen to this. Health has been found to be an effective tool in controlling the whole world. I've got friends in different parts of the world who are missionaries. I've got people I know and love. They've had it worse than us. They haven't been able to get out of their home. Stay home. Don't be out. Now, there's a lot of censorship going on these days. Have you noticed? If you haven't, then you know what? You are absolutely fooled and deceived. There's a lot of censorship. I read, I know how to read, thank God, that I learned to read. 
And then the Holy Spirit helps you understand what you read and quantify where it is, whether it's right or wrong, or sometimes you really just don't know. But I've done enough reading, and I took enough science classes in school and college to know that. These viruses work a certain way. The human body works a certain way, and we're being lied to worldwide. Now, some are shaking their heads. Some are going, man, you a fool to say that. You can say what you want about me. But I'm just telling you what I know. I'm going to tell you how I know it, too. So let me say this. There's an assault, all-out assault on freedom worldwide. And there's an assault on the kingdom of God uh, with this kind of thing, seeking to suppress our meeting together. And it's, I believe it's a plot by the enemy to take away the fire of God and to keep the revival fire ebbing but not flowing strong. There is a suppression, my friends, of truth. Isaiah 5.20, what sorrow for those who say uh, that evil is good and good is evil, that dark is light, light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. That's being said today. There are certain things you get on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, name some more, you know. They just short parlor down last week. Why'd they do that? Huh? Speech is being censored. Why? Why censor? If you got the truth, why does it matter? How many hear me? Think. Most people don't think. That's why Isaiah 53 said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We're like sheep. We'll follow whatever is, is, is talking. You know, sheep do that. God wants you to be his sheep, follow his voice, not the voice of another. Yes or no? A lot of people are following the wrong voice. If you follow the wrong voice, you'll have the wrong stuff in your life. Sweet, bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever. What sorrow for those who are heroes at drinking wine and boast about all the alcohol they can hold. They take bribes to let the wicked go free and they punish the innocent. Y'all, that is the world today. How many hear me? I know this is a little heavy, but I got to say this. So let me say this, staying at home and wearing masks is more than about lessening the curve. In fact, whatever happened with lessening the curve anyway? What curve? Was that last March? April? Was that about the curve? Whatever happened to the curve? Huh? Pastor, you're saying this is not a serious epidemic. It's not an epidemic. It's a lie. Yeah, but I know people who got real sick. I do too. I know people that have died. I do too. The flu kills people every year. In fact, I just read some stats. The flu is at an all-time low. Because it's been named something else. But I can't say that. Because that's not politically correct, right? Huh? You can't put that on Facebook. You can't put it on anything. 
you'll get this little sign. You won't be on here for seven days, according to the violation, 24, 48 hours. You know, that ought to tell you something. Yes or no? See, this is about forcing people to conform to a pattern. Now, let me tell you what I smell on it. Antichrist. You don't think this stuff in the Bible can come to pass again. I'm teaching on the book of Revelation on Wednesday, on Wednesday nights. I'll get back to it after we finish our Daniel fast. We're in the middle of that. We'll finish next Sunday. And then after that, I'll start teaching again at some point on Wednesday nights. I'm on Revelation 16. But the Antichrist, you know, he's going to seek to dominate the earth politically. So we need to pray that the politicians that govern America that are supposed to be doing the will of the people really do the will of the people and not the will of someone else. You better pray. Because the nations whose politicians won't do what's right will acquiesce to a worldwide system of laws and rules and conduct and behavior. That's one of the things Antichrist will do. How many hear me? There's coming a huge change in the financial structure of the world. I guess you know that, right? Everything's going digital. The dollar is not going to be what it was. Now, we don't know the valuations, the end game. We don't know. Nobody knows yet. The big reset, y'all have heard about that? Oh, you can talk about reset. Why can you talk about financial reset? Because the spirit of Antichrist is on it. It's a way to control the whole world. Well, they can't reset my finances. Well, what are your finances tied to? If they're tied to the dollar, dollar, there's somebody else controlling that besides you. Yes or no? And then there's also through this Antichrist attitude ideal, and then eventually there will be a person in the Middle East. The Bible calls it. Nobody in the culture will ever call this person Antichrist except the Bible. And just be a, a, a smart leader. Because everybody will be in a mess. Kind of like America's in a mess right now. You figured it out, right? We're in a big mess. What do we do? Nonetheless, this has been a setup. And it's a ploy. When all this first happened, everybody okay? I won't get past the second point today. i got to count 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th. Either March 12th or March 13th. I want to say it was Thursday, March the 12th. I was praying in the Spirit. Susan and I had been to, um, what's the name of the city? Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. I had a board meeting for another organization, EFI. And we traveled back. And then I was praying. And I think it might have been the next morning. That would have been the 13th of uh, March. 15th's when everything closed down. That's the last time we had normal services here. I say normal, everybody's here. Um, 13th, I'm minded my business praying. Now, I'm baptized with the Holy Spirit as of September 12th, 1976. And this is just the way I live my life. I pray in the Spirit every day. I pray in to other tongues every day, about an hour. So I spent some time, as I normally do all these decades of time, Praying in the Spirit that morning, and usually after I do that, <clears throat> and I pray some in English too, don't misunderstand. Then, uh, I just kind of sit there a little bit, 
Or, or then I go and I get ready and do my stuff, you know, because you go upstairs to do it. And I heard this word. God speaks to me, and God uses, does different things with the different people. He may never do this to you, but he does to me. He'll give me one word. All through my life, he's given me one, one word, just a word. Well, this was a strange word. A word floated up inside. Or sometimes it's a series of words, a phrase. This was a word. And I was thinking about, because I just heard on the news about the coronavirus, algorithms will hear coronavirus. And I, so I just had that in my mind. I don't know why that was in my mind. I've just finished praying for an hour because I guess it was on the news and stuff and I was thinking about it. And right up from inside me, now I know the Holy Spirit. And I know when he says things to me, and I got a track record of him bringing to pass what he says to me, whether it's for me or just in general. And here's the word nefarious. What is that? Nefarious what? What's nefarious? COVID-19. What do you mean nefarious? I've got no business thinking that. That's not my thinking. I don't care what it is. Well, what do I care about that? You will care. Okay. So I went to a dictionary, looked up nefarious. Here's what it said. Extremely wicked or villainous, iniquitous, as in a nefarious plot. And then synonyms. Often if you want to understand a word, look at the synonyms. That is words that are similar to it that mean similar things. So here's the synonyms. Heinous, horrible, odious, outrageous, shameful, vicious, vile, abominable. Atrocious, base, corrupt, criminal, degenerate, depraved, detestable, dreadful, evil, excretable, excrable, flagitious, flagrant, I never use that word, foul, glaring, gross, infamous, infernal, iniquitous, miscreant, monstrous, opprobious, perverse, putrid, rank, rotten, treacherous, villainous, wicked. Do you get the idea? Now, when I read that, I said, oh, and this is before this ever started. So see, that was my base right there. So, whoa, whoa, what is this? Now, here we are, not quite a year later. And y'all, it's tore up the whole world. Yes or no? It's affected industries. It's affected small businesses. It's affected school children. It's affected churches. And this instilled such fear as I have never seen in my whole life in people. Yes or no? So what do you do with that? Well, I'm going to tell you what. There'll be something else that comes up just like that. Because the ideas keep you back. Why? Just look at those words. The enemy has a plot and a plan to keep the kingdom of God down. But you know, God always outsmarts him. You know, believers are kind of like the road runner. Meet me. And the devil's like Wiley E. I call him Wiley E. Devil. Wiley E. Coyote. If you like, oh, you know, Looney Tunes, you know. And it looks just like the road runner's going to be squashed. Here comes the rock, you know. Boom, he's got this little lever, and, and here's a roadrunner. He looks at the rock, and the coyote sees him and says, and levers the rock, and here it comes. 
meet, meet, and he just takes off. Now that is me and you. You, how, how can you kill what God hasn't killed? How can you do when God says no? And here's what I want you to know. There's a moving of the kingdom of God in the earth that's coming. And there is a revival fire that will break that no devil can quench and no virus can stop and no edict from anybody can keep from happening. Matthew eleven twelve. from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. What does that scripture mean? Listen to other translations that give some insight. Here's a new century version. Since the time John the Baptist came until now, the kingdom of heaven has been going forward in strength and people have been trying to take it by force. God's word translation from the time of John the baptizer until now the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful people have been seizing it. Contemporary English version from the time of John the Baptist until now, violent people have been trying to take over the kingdom of heaven by force and then amplified from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent assault and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. The enemy is seeking to hinder what God wants to do. So Satan wants to keep us away from one another. He wants to keep us fearful, and he wants to keep us afraid. And right now, there's such a major suppression of truth. He's trying to keep you from knowing what he's doing. How many hear me? But friends, when we come back next time, I want you to know there's a tremendous moving of the Holy Spirit that we're moving into now. So let me end this by saying this. If you haven't yet come back and you're watching me online, I know this is challenging. I get it. I have to obey God. I don't preach to please people. I preach as though Jesus is standing in front of me looking at me. Am I speaking truth? Am I preaching what he gave me to or am I only doing it to tickle people's ears? Because one day I'll see, I can't see him now. But one day I'll stand in front of him and he'll say, let's talk about what you preached. And he may do that with a mute face, no smile, blazing eyes, and I'll tremble in my boots. What I want him to do is after about a minute or two pause, I'm looking at him, he's looking at me, I'm ready to melt to the ground. I hear him say, attaboy. I say, yes, yes. Then he says, well done. I say, yes. How many hear me? And you want him to do that with your life. If you tell me that Jesus is leading you away from your fellow members, brothers and sisters in this thing called the body of Christ, in lieu of being safe, can I challenge you? Who's most important to you? You or others? The kingdom of God is moving forward. And we need everybody's help. Joy, acronym, Jesus, others, you. Put yourself last. 
I don't want to challenge you again if you're watching online. I know this is really challenging. I might have made you mad. I hope not, but I could have. What's the Holy Ghost saying to you? Are you obeying God? Are you part of the family? Are you helping us expand the kingdom of God? Friend, there's going to be something else. Y'all, and I have said nothing. I don't care if you wear a mask, don't wear a mask. I don't care. I understand people work at jobs that say you can't be in crowds. I get all that. I understand that. How many hear me? I get all of it. I understand all of it. You can smear all the stuff on your hands, you know. I get all that. But my friends, this is being used to keep us away from the kingdom of God and keep us from being together. When we come back next time, you're going to see the power of together. It's amazing. How many hear me? So right where you're at, stand up on your feet. Don't go anywhere yet. Did you get something out of that? I didn't hear any. Is it truth or not? Lift your hands up with me. Father, every person in this room, we need you. We don't always have all the answers for things that life brings. You know, I don't know that we have all the answers for what's coming. But we serve a God who knows all, sees all, understands all, and whose spirit lives in us as Christians. Give us wisdom. Grant us wisdom. We lift our hands. You know, when we lift our hands, it's saying, Lord, I'm submitted to you. My will is submitted to you. My works are submitted to you. Work in every life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Work in us, Lord, in a fresh way. Put a fire in us. In Jesus' name. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're here and you've never, maybe you've known the Lord. Here's here's the skinny today. You can say you know Jesus, but if you know him, you're going to live for him. You're not going to be living for the flesh, partying all all the time like your friends, you know, cursing the blue streak, drinking, doing dope, cussing, having sex all the time and you're not married, looking at pornography a lot. You slip up and repent. That's what you need to do. Repent. How many hear me? Your lifestyle. If you know Jesus, your lifestyle changes. See, you're not perfect. You say, well, pastor, I've slipped up and done some of that. Well, you know what? Just repent. The issue is your lifestyle is not that way. If you slip up, fess up. You mess up, fess up. That's what I say, right? But see, a lot of people, they, they, they come to church, but I'm t- here's what happens with kids. Because I was a kid in church. I was a kid in church, and I smoked reefer with my friends. And we took pills and did things. And we all went to church, sang in the youth choir. I went to church three times a week, lived like a dog. Maybe worse than the dog, actually. How about you? You walking with God? You young people, you walking with God? Are you laughing at me? It's a question. How about you watching online? You walking with God? Or are you fooling yourself? This is a day to be serious with Jesus. I'm not kidding.
I promise you. Again, if there's anything in your life, God's coming or all those periphery things that are hanging on that hinder us from being the best he wants us to be. How many hear me? That's just where we're at today. I want to open up the altar. If you need prayer for here's here's what's going to be happening. The Holy Spirit manifests. Isaiah 10, 17, it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. If you need Jesus as your Savior and you're in the room, come down here. I'd love to pray with you, talk with you. We'll have some people. If you need Jesus as Lord and Savior, or you've known the Lord, but you've walked away and you need to come back. As we do this, we're going to sing and have people come. You come and stand on my left, your right, right over here. We'll talk with you, pray with you. If you need healing for your physical body, there's a healing anointing. A healing anointing's here. God will heal you. See, the church has thrown away healing and laying on of hands. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Is that true or not? Huh? Is any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. I is one. And let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save or heal the sick. The Lord will raise them up. Or you're here and you say, Pastor, I just need, I need Jesus to minister to me. I don't really know what I need. I just want a spiritual refreshing. As Joshua sings, and as they cut the lights down, and as we prepare to conclude this service, if you want to be ministered to, as we begin to sing, just come down here. It could be for anything, really. If you've known the Lord but gotten away, or you don't know the Lord and you want Him, if you'll come over here, we'll pray with you. If you haven't received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, it's an awesome experience. Change your life, change mine. If you walk in the light of it, some people receive and do nothing with it. I chose to do something with it. It changed my life. I'm not perfect, but I'm telling you, it changed my life. Baptism with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 4. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Begin to speak with other tongues. If you want that, come again. Stand over here. Anything else, just come. If you want God to minister to you, He's going he's to do something wonderful for you. So if you just want more of Jesus, you say, I just, I don't, I just want, I just want Jesus to minister to me. Well, He'll do that too. So y'all come. Y'all come if you want to. Go ahead. As he sings, come. If you want to be ministered to, just come down. If you need healing for your body, just come down. Thank you, Lord. Come and stand over here, bro. Yes. If you want to be ministered to, come on down now. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. Jesus will just minister to you big. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Anybody else? Come on. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Lift your hands up and worship in the minute. Yes. In every season. Yes. You want Jesus to touch your life, just come down. Once you come down, we'll close and we're going to pray. Glory. At the cross, I yes. bow my knee. Where your Thank blood you, was shed for me. There's no greater love than Hallelujah. This. Thank you, Lord. If you're up here, just ask the Lord to t- minister to you, whatever it is. Ask Him now. Yes. Glory fills the highest Hallelujah. 
What can separate me now? Yes. Glory to God. You go before me. And you shield my way. Hallelujah. And your hand upholds me. And I know you love me. Now, some people you're watching and wondering what on earth we're doing. And you're even here. I was raised Southern Baptist, let me just tell you. And we sang three, three hymns, received an offering. The pastor preached, gave an altar call for salvation, and we went home. And then some of the deacons lit their cigarettes on the front porch. Why did I say that? We went home some ways unaffected. And so I feel the Holy Spirit urging me to break the pattern that, I, that we've created here, which is I love to preach and teach, but God loves people too. And he wants to touch your life and minister to you. Does that meet everything? No, you got to get in the Word to believe God. But there is a Holy Spirit ministry, and it does stuff. The disciples ministered that way. Yes, yes or no? Jesus ministered that way. And the body of Christ got to get back to that. So if you're watching online, that's why we're doing what we're doing. So we're going to take some time and let the Holy Spirit manifest. Hallelujah. So I'm going to close the meeting and then I'm going to pray and you do what you need. If you want to hang out and pray with us, just being agreeing with us that God's doing something. Don't make a lot of noise. You know, go out in the foyer if you're going to make noise. But if you're going to be in here, pray with us. Will you do it? Is that good? We've got to figure out how to do this in an orderly way. But God wants to do this, I promise. So dear Father God, I just pray over every person in the room. And everybody watching online. Let the wooing presence of the Holy Spirit draw us. Lord, draw us out of any deceptive practices we're, we're entertaining. Draw us out of anything we're believing that's not true. Lord, grant us an ability to discern the false from the real because it's really strong. Deception is strong today. And help us, Lord, not to... Not to love just with words, you with words, but also with our deeds and how we live when nobody's looking. Let that happen in every life, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.